we just take out a whole ass clap? <laughs> I, I get shot on stream and no one knows. Yeah, no one can deal with it. Only, um, only I see it. I get doctor disrespected. <laughs> Yikers. Yeah. Yike! Hey, it's it's not a it's not a proven yikes until it's been proven in a court of yikes. I mean, that's technically like legally you're right, but come on. <laughs> that's that's the thing is when I was watching that video, I was like, damn, I wish I could like this video. I wish I could enjoy <laughs> it, but I am I am self righteously not enjoying it. Well, good for you, Griffin. Okay, R.I.P. You, um, you saw the video, right, Alex? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Man. No one's gonna offer an opinion. I'm just gonna it's talk like an it's asshole. Just wi- it's just wild that it happened. Okay. It's just like it's one of those things where it's hard to even have a take on it because the fact that it exists is like surreal. It, that is insane. the take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, speaking of takes, today's wisecrack video, the comment section is popping off. Oh yeah, in in a in a bad way. Well, so we did a video today about like Bill Gates conspiracy theories, and basically the take was like. The conspiracy theories are all crazy, but Bill Gates is using charity to, like, manipulate and control the world through, like, the law and, like, weird capitalist evil stuff. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not Soros in the way you think he is. Yeah, it was sort of like (laughs) it's like he's not trying to use coronavirus to track you with a microchip computer. He's using (laughs) coronavirus to, like, buy patents on medicine and also to, like, (sighs) create uh, digital infrastructure for his various companies uh, and Um, not have to pay taxes. And everyone was like, this video is too kind to Bill Gates. Bill Gates is an (laughs) evil man. And we were like, did we call him an oligarch in the video? Like <laughs> this, this video does nothing to mention how Jewish Bill Gates is. <laughs> yeah, do you yeah, guys? That, uh, do you, that's like the vibe. <laughs> do you guys know about the um, the 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 metal, the aluminum um, nose band in in ninety five masks? Like, what, what the, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, it's adjustable. What? You think it's adjustable to just like you know keep the masks on your nose? No, that is how the radio waves get into your brain Whoa. through your nose. Yeah. Well, that's how they test for Corona, too. So it's all connected. Yeah, it's the 5G. Man, Damn. the 5G stuff is really wild. We did a video on that, too. That shit. Learning like learning the actual insides and out of the 5G theory like me- melted my brain. I like 5G. 5G is fun because it's like it's it's a nice blanket umbrella that you can fit almost anything under. It's just like, oh, like the, the grocery store is expensive now. Thanks, 5G. Yeah, totally. It's just uh, all the birds are sick. How has the world gotten to the point where we're so upset that we're blaming like the telecom for all of our like small like day to day problems? It's like, well, well, I do blame them for all my Internet connective issues. So that is most of my day to day problems. You just need a very specific telecom dependent lifestyle. Um but no, it's true. It's, it's a weird thing where everyone's like, it's like increasingly there are like big, obvious problems with the world. And everyone's like, those not important. What is important? 5G. Yeah, it'd be nice if they took that energy. It's because we're so digital now that we do have to find like our digital nemeses, like our, our digital enemies. But uh, I'd be nice if they they did they, they did like an Facebook, like an FG you know like fg is spreading or something like a real like a real one that's like doing a lot of damage like i'd like to i'd like to use the crazies not completely send them off like if we could channel their energy for good griffin the problem is if they were to say facebook's making you sick where would they post all their takes about facebook making you sick (laughs) on the inside man they're fighting they're fighting the matrix from from within whoa real neo real neo in the second one hours yeah you gotta dial in you know um but uh yeah i think the 5g stuff is is dope um is our phones 5g yeah there are fi- okay. fi- 5g is like a thing that exists and it's actually like it's not like a bad technology but it's not it's not very useful yet because it's just like it's basically like super routers that are just like 20 feet off of the ground and, you know, you have to be near one, but it's like gig- gigabit Internet if you can get close to one. Right. And there's a fight and there's like a big fight over like which country gets gets to like be the monopoly on the oh, G's. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's the, the huge thing. Like I, I you know, my money's on China, man. You know, I think hey, hey my, my money's on number one U.S. U.S. <laughs> uh, state of of nation of, of, of America. Wow. <laughs> uh, Holy shit. Sully Sullenberg really landing that plane. <laughs> 
uh seems like we got it um yes we do and also who are we we're the game boys podcast um (laughs) it's me lux and griffin's here and we've got a wonderful guest actor comedian friend gamer it's alex vaughn everybody hey what's up damn hell yeah i'm 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 putting my hands together (laughs) like like i'm about to eat a tasty snack (laughs) <laughs> i'm rubbing them together you got real mr burns over here um <laughs> alex how's it how's uh how's life in the in the uh coronavirus infested wasteland of los angeles uh it's i mean it's fine i left for two weeks uh to go back to dc and then came right back here why i don't fucking know but i'm here and i'm you know playing video games so <laughs> wait are you also yeah. a dc have we talked about this are you also a dc expat are you- yeah, I think we, we talked very briefly about it. But yeah, my, my folks uh, live just north of D.C. and Maryland, but I, I grew up in D.C. So Hell yeah, same deal. DMV, so baby. Conf- c- confirm or deny, did they did they actually graffiti like Donald Trump is a bitch like on the White House or something like that? No, did, did they make it that far. I don't think so. But like the I, I got down to um, the 16th Street right behind the the White House where they had uh, Black Lives Matter laid out on um on the like the block right be- right in front of like St. John's Church and um they had like a uh a security fence that had clearly like been like put up after the whole like tear gassing incident at, at St. John's and all of that was like just like lined with a bunch of like really intense uh very provocative and very uh emotional stuff which was like kind of cool to be like right there in the middle of it um mm-hmm. yeah it was like maybe a week after um the videos of uh, elijah mclean like resurfaced so they had a lot of like um big sort of like uh uh things pieces like art pieces uh for elijah mclean and of course brianna taylor and all Mm -hmm. these and then a a lot of 5g stuff too right yeah just you know to keep (laughs) to keep things uh nonpartisan. we uh we had a lot of uh stuff from the other side of the aisle or like i don't i don't even know where that stuff like falls in the mix it's somewhere in like the internet middle uh, they're the there are new moderates yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but it was uh, cool yeah. dc's dc's dope it's a really interesting yeah. place to visit in mm-hmm. this but you'd be you'd be playing video games no matter where you were um yeah. and you know we we had you in the olden times and now we're talking to you in the in the new new and new times the new world uh, in the new in, the, in this brave new world and um what what games have you been passing the time with other than the game that we're gonna get into uh in a few minutes so this is really like really interesting i don't know how much you guys have touched on this but like i one of my first uh quarren purchases i like that you can just put like quarren in front of anything and it's yeah. just like people are like yeah I, I know what you're talking about um <laughs> i uh i got an oculus quest um maybe like three months ago, which is like uh, the sort of baby brother, little sister to a full sized VR headset that you plug into your PC. But so it just straps on your dick or yeah, what is it? Like it right go? on there. There's like yeah. teledildonics, I think is what the technology is called. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing. We've, and gone, we've gone deep on teledildonics. Yeah, before. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, teledildonics aside, it's just like uh like a really super powerful like cell phone basically and a purpose like built OEM uh, VR headset. And it's, it's fucking cool, dude. Like mm-hmm. all the stuff that um, is like kind of worth playing in VR right now, you can run on it like a uh, super hot pistol whip is another really good. It runs beat saber. Cause you don't really need like a beefy uh, machine to like, you know, hit things with lightsabers. Um, but it's like completely wireless sixed off. Like, so you can move around, uh, it's inside out head tracking. And I've played like a shit ton of VR on on that. Um, teledildonics aside, it's been uh, been pretty cool. So, so is this stuff the future or is this still just like a weird side thing? Oh, I don't think it's like the f- I don't think it's like the future. I don't think anything's going to replace like uh, for me, like a keyboard and a mouse or like a controller for anybody, particularly in this next generation. Like we have PS5 and uh, Xbox series x around the corner um i'm calling it xbox game pass that's my title yeah. for the console x excess x the x pass yeah um but uh yeah and i don't think anything's gonna like dethrone that uh anytime soon soon but what the quest is doing where it's just like you throw down four hundred dollars for like the base model 
and then you just put it on your fucking head and you go um that i think in not this generation not the next generation but the generation after that is gonna be like one that we're not gonna get to yeah i mean this is all (laughs) this is all like way after uh the inevitable fall that uh that that's gonna happen probably Mm -hmm. before october we'll we'll see this is yeah. like they like the technology will come out right before the bomb goes off and like an ancient like uh, a civilization will like uncover these VR headsets and be like wow they probably love this and it's like no they were just okay. Like if Facebook just made a big push to get Oculus Quest to like a vast majority of American right. citizens and just like threw on pistol whip for like a little while let everybody get out there sort of like angst they're like ennui they're uh deep-seated rages i think we'd be fine you know i think it's the problem it's a lack of vr that's the main issue yeah more Mm -hmm. more vr is my platform i mean that's you know if we learned one thing from uh the bad the bad steven spielberg movie that i can't remember the name of the new one the vr one what's it called oh this is terrible uh, ready player one yeah ready play if we learned one thing from ready player one is that the more vr the better off everyone is <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah man the thing with i think you're right though about the the quest thing the oculus quest one thing with vr is like it has to a lot of people don't even trust the concept enough to want to jump into like the big shit so like having like this intermediary version like beginner vr oculus quest thing seems like a really good step in the direction of like normalizing vr as like an option yeah i think it's a weird thing because it's like i don't like have you guys thrown on a like a like a legit vr headset and like you know yeah it oh, makes me fucking nauseous yeah, i hate them yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. Love it. it's I, hate I, I, yeah it sucks because like that's like if you were motion sick they're they're really really hard to like wrap but, i tried to play bio resident evil biohazard oh, and no. i literally I couldn't walk into the house like I start you start out in the yard and you walk into the house. That's like the first 15 seconds of gameplay. I couldn't do it. The good news is is like a lot of that has to do with like refresh rate and that's going to get better. So I think motion sickness is going to like go down and it sucks that like you can't like get get on the party bus quite yet. But as far as like a concept goes, it's something that's really hard to wrap your noodle around until you like actually see it and like your brain does this weird thing where it's like, I know this is not right in front of me, but like uh, it looks, looks pretty cool. <laughs> looks like it could be, um, but this horse has boobs and yeah. I believe it. <laughs> I don't want to ask any more questions. Let's just dive right in. Yeah, I just want to buy into this premise. I want to believe in this world. <laughs> buy into this premise. Um, have you fucked yourself up at all while wearing the headset? Like uh, in the real life? Not like too, not too badly, but, uh, yeah. I, uh, 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 I've definitely like like within like <laughs> two hours of putting on my quest for the first time and booting up super hot VR, just like straight up cold cocked my wife in the, the jaw. <laughs> just like <laughs> she walked through my space and I hit her and it was terrible and I felt so bad. But like <laughs> incredible, incredible um, to admit on the podcast, too. Yeah, I know. I'm so I like uh, if if there are people out there that are reporting domestic abuse, like I totally get it. It was it was an accident. I I thought it was the worst thing. She was laughing before I was, but it was a. Uh, it was it was a mishap. I think that's like the the craziest it's gotten. And now we have like um like a designated mm-hmm. zone and like yeah. protocols. Like when when I put on right. the headset or when she mm-hmm. she's played a little bit too uh, yeah. with some of the the party <laughs> games. But <laughs> stay, it used to be stay away from your daddy because he's been home drinking from the bar. No. But now it's like watch out for daddy. He's playing <laughs> VR. <laughs> watch out for yeah. daddy. He's playing Resident Evil Seven. And those zombies come from everywhere. Yeah, if you if you get some rum in him and he gets seasick, oh boy, mm-hmm. you know Bro. that that's actually a large part of uh, Johnny Depp's defense against Amber Heard is that he's super into VR. Yeah, it's just right? it was. Uh, I'm I'm testing out you know uh, uh, virtual reality and she mm-hmm. she, she just and she, then and, and then Amber Heard's defense against when she beat up him was that she's really into uh, the the Wii fit. <laughs> Um, yeah. thing. Oh, uh, they were like playing, playing Beat Saber. They're playing Beat Saber in opposite yeah. <laughs> directions, and that's just every time. Um, Anyways, I'm saying VR can really ruin a marriage. Um, so watch out, Alex. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's been noted. It's like, thank God, you know, we got the the, the prenup that uh, definitely covered virtual <laughs> no reality. VR divorce. <laughs> yeah, the, the game, impossible. Oh, man, yeah, so Jordan like, Peterson probably supports that. Uh, one thing, yeah. 
one thing that this this brings up that I do think is really interesting is that like VR does demand a different like space relationship with gaming. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of interesting. Like like you said, like you have to make a designated zone of safety or whatever to like do it in a way that doesn't risk hurting yourself or others. Mm-hmm. Which is it's, definitely like a new component to like the classic like sit on the couch and play video game. Yeah, yeah. like the the whole uh, convention of having like straps on like the Wii controllers from like God, like you know fifteen years ago is like so kind of cute now because like with an actual VR controller, it's like the the you're not worried about the the controllers flying away from you. You're worried about about like what you're gonna hit with the controllers. And I've seen right. I've seen pictures of people just like jamming their hands through doors or like leaping into TVs and stuff. Uh, <laughs> we should watch VR fails. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. It's pretty good content if I'm being yeah, honest. Because, you know, before that, like VR has physical harm, but before that you could inflict emotional, psychological harm on what you were playing on the TV. I mean, I know, for instance, my roommates in college were huge sports guys. And whenever I like played Skyrim on the TV, they were like hurt. They like psychologically buy it. Uh, right. I was putting dragons on their on their sports screen <laughs> so maybe vr is more contained in some ways in some um, ways but uh that's vr um, there's one there's one last thing i wanted to get to for ghost of tsushima and that's um a very dramatic message from our sister podcast the joe rogan experience um that set the internet ablaze alex yeah joe rogan said that video games are a waste of time okay i mean He's not wrong, but I, I I choose to spend my time how I want to spend it. So, I mean, like, I think people could say like people used to probably say the same thing about people who watched like a lot of movies or something like that. Like or. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a waste of time. Clearly, people are making careers off of it in multiple different ways, not just in esports. So it's like it's the same thing about being like addicted to playing basketball or something yeah i mean joe rogan's moving to texas so like i i think that that's so his a lot views about will his, improve his priorities um his views will greatly improve right yeah i mean <laughs> uh, d- definitely gonna bring him uh left of center i think moving to texas absolutely yeah um yeah you know i think uh i think that uh joe rogan is a gamer i know that and i know that he's just responding to you know all the time that he's spending playing games but uh, i mean look at him he's a productive guy i think you know i think he i think he spoke at a turn and i expect a big apology for him from him on the next episode yeah i feel like that would be the same i'd want to know joe rogan's reaction to you saying that like smoking weed is a waste of time like yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. And I, and, and also like, but people don't like get so good at smoking weed. They make millions of dollars doing it. Uh, Doug I mean, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I would, I would argue that he's not good at smoking weed, I told but that's you, a different, oh, actually, no, you're totally right. Have I told you the weird Doug Benson story from fantastic? Fest? <laughs> let's do it. Um, I think so. Let's so do I was it. at fantastic fest a couple years ago, which is like a genre film festival in Austin. Jealous. Um, and I had sort of just at the various parties befriended the people who made the movie Bodied, which is like a battle rap movie. Familiar. And for the for those who don't know, I had a weirdly successful stretch of being a hip hop guy where I like did rap battles and made money and did shows. Um, that's over now, and we and we don't relive it. But that happened, and I was talking to them about it, and there was a rap competition at Fantastic Fest, and they were like you gotta do it and i was like okay and i thought it was all freestyle shit it turned out everyone else wrote theirs except for me but i still ended up getting third place um and then i went to go pee podium um because i love to pee after a victory and i was in the bathroom and doug benson walks into the bathroom while i'm peeing and puts his hand on my shoulder and goes you should have won man that was (laughs) awesome i can't believe you got third that was all made up that's crazy and I was like, I what? I'm peeing right now. And he was like, Oh, I'm sorry, and just stepped back and then kept talking to me. But didn't let like go of your a shoulder. Step, a step full farther back. And it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> and I didn't realize it was the like, until I turned around. This like extremely high man was just staring at me like right post pee and was like, You did a great job, dude. <laughs> and it was truly one of the most uncomfortable things that's ever happened to me. Amazing. Yeah, I, I Doug Benson is is like to me, he's like the uh, what's it called? Uh, what's that old movie that was supposed to scare people from smoking weed? What the fuck was that? The called? Blair Witch Project. 
to, like to me, like Doug Benson is an effective reefer madness because that's not the kind of stoner I want to grow up to be. I, I like I, weed culture in general is like so embarrassing now that like building a career around weed just sounds fucking awful. Right. Like reefer madness failed because it basically was like, if you smoke weed, you'll listen to jazz and fuck. And yeah. like that wasn't like a compelling scare tactic. <laughs> but if it's like if you smoke weed, you'll want to only talk about smoking weed and have no other personality. If if you smoke weed, you will read all your jokes off your iPhone notes program. Yeah, if like, you smoke weed, you'll exit a, a cab with a mysteriously young lady and you're all wearing only sweatpants and sweatshirts. The, the one funny thing was I did see him at a festival once in Austin and uh he and like uh he made he made the good point that everyone like everyone was really excited uh about fuck who was it it was some like major comedian and everyone and he was and he was on before and he's like oh you guys are so excited to see them well you're all so fucking high you're not gonna remember a single joke they say and yeah he was right i don't remember a single joke you, from that you thing you don't even remember who you saw <laughs> yeah i don't even remember who i saw um <laughs> you know it was probably like fucking crystally or some yeah, I was shit gonna say crystally but like, I, I decided maybe to that's, yeah maybe that's why your brain erased it you got canceled and your, those brain cells just erased themselves it, yeah it was literally like it was chris or louis or aziz it was one it was one of the three uh the cancel but, the, uh, the holy trinity of ketting cancel that's a the holy trinity. pretty huge bill in like jackholes. uh masters of love um Man. Wasn't that the name of the show? Master uh, of None. Master of None. Oh, oh, of None. Yeah. Master of mm. Love. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but speaking of of masters, why don't we get into uh, a little bit of uh, Master Samurai mode? Uh, damn, Ghost of Tsushima. It's it's fucking it's a it's a vibe, you know. Like, in ter- I, there's been so many video games we've talked about recently on this podcast that are challenging and make us think about what video games are. And this game is just like, hell yeah, baby, it's a video game. No need to think. <laughs> let just ride. Yeah, just deg- let it hang out. The degree that this game makes me think about what video games are is the part where I think, man, more video games should be like this game. <laughs> like that, like it gets so fun it is so fun that even though there are definite good arguments about like it's politics and history shit i don't care yeah it's the hamilton of of games in that way it really is if hamilton if hamilton had enough good songs that i don't care about how bad it is with history yeah i mean that's, the same is for this that's sort of where i'm at like yes samurais were basically landlords with swords and like yes the japanese <laughs> government uses the samurais as like a a weird fascist image like that's all true what if they wrapped? Yeah. Like that's honestly my only critique of Ghost of Tsushima. Not enough. Like, I don't even care about the like. I mean, I, I do think it's interesting to think about the historical shit, but it's like, man, I can jump off a tent and put my head through a Mongol guy, and then do the heavenly strike and like cut a dude in half, and then like super parry spin attack, kill two more guys, and like jump into the shadows and disappear. Like, mm-hmm. fucking the. I, I don't give a shit about anything else. Like that's so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I think a samurai should be president now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, like it. honestly, like what the the like uh, Ghost of Tsushima version of samurai, like whatever that is, like the Bushido way. I think somebody needs to step up with that. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Which one do you, which one do you think would look better with a katana, Biden or Trump? Uh, oh, I mean, like, I no 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 love lost with either, but uh, I I think. Uh, Joseph Biden with his like aviators. I agree. Like like uh, what like man waxing his Pontiac Sunfire with like a like a katana slung around his back. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a, like, now, a listen, little more street cred. We already know that Bernie's bladed out with Ross Perot's uh, elder sword. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, one of the best that. things in the whole world. <laughs> Yeah, we know we know he's already he's been studying the way. But I do think for all my uh, negatives against Joe Biden as a candidate, I do think that he would look kind of hot with a katana. Yeah, agreed. It's also worth noting that Trump has historic like we we know that Trump struggles at holding things. Yeah, that, like, he would he, fuck it up. That, like using his hands is like a D minus skill for him. And he would so, immediately like, like maim slice like a secret service guy next to him and like, then like demand the guy to like give him an apology for getting in the way of his sword. He would just somehow like re-circumcise Jared Kushner. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it's it's uh, great. It would all go horribly wrong. I'll, 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 I'm gonna like I'll pitch you uh, that uh, stand up for well, easily the world's worst president. Uh, real quick, saying that if he was atop like a like a windswept bluff with uh, you know with a uh, uh, cherry blossom petals in the air, that his too long red tie like fluttering in the wind would like be kind of a vibe. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. this, mm-hmm. instead of a cape, well, you just have like his like six foot long red tie riding the well, wind. That's like, yeah. the grand, that's like the grand Trump trick. It's like you can <laughs> stage a Trump thing to like look OK, but it's mm-hmm. like one second of candid Trumpness gets in there and it's ruined. Yeah, <laughs> right. Immediately. Yeah, I mean, well, and I think what the what, what you're vibing on, Alex, is is something that is happening gener- generationally with the Trumps, because obviously Baron could pull that off really easily. Baron is the ultimate weeb. Well, Baron's uh, in a manga. Baron is already in a manga, so perhaps what? what Alex is doing is he's actually seen into the future uh, of like what a future generational line of Trump will, will look like, and I think like that's quite possible. The end of the the Baron Trump manga about like the kid with the embarrassing dad president, um, like ends he with goes the town kid, from the, town to town fighting Mongols. <laughs> the, kid, the kid becomes a samurai, like just a hard plot pivot. <laughs> I think if Baron, I think the only way for Baron to like end up like being a good person on this earth, unfortunately, is for him to be a lone warrior traveling town to town, solving like intermural disputes. (laughs) It's like, oh, all right, the samurai is here. Who owns this farm? And he's like, well, let's all fight. (laughs) Oh, man. I do think that that if they had doubled down and made the landlord samurai game, I, too, think that would have been really funny. Like if they had doubled down and and made it historically correct, like Like, I think that would be also interesting. 2020? Yeah, like you're going around cutting off hands. <laughs> like that's always like that's like that's the one part where like the the Kurosawa comparison with this game kind of falls apart. Is that like Kurosawa movies love to have like bad landlord samurais who cut off hands and then like one good guy who is like, I'm what a samurai should be, and you're all assholes. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to see some more asshole samurai. But instead this game goes to the premise that there's only one left. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but anyways, this game fucking rocks. Like, um, for all the I guess complaints about it being very open worldy, they it's like they just make every moment of that open world fun to be in. So it doesn't really matter if they fucking reinvented a wheel. Like they just made that wheel rock and be fun to like roll on, and like that's all that really matters at the end of the day. And that's why it's such a fucking vibe. I'm so I'm not, I'm like not even. I'm nowhere in the story's plot because I'm just doing every little side thing I see simply because it's just fun to do. It's like when I see a fox, I'm like, that fox is about to lead me on a journey and I just hop off. And so I haven't done shit in the game yet. I'm riding around. Right. We've talked about why I I don't like most open world games. I didn't like the open world shit in Last of Us. I didn't like Red Dead that much because for two reasons. One is that like I get overwhelmed with stuff pretty easily and confused. Um. And two is that, like, a lot of times the random open world things are, like, dissonant with the meta story of the thing. Like, it's like, in Red Dead, you're, like, trying to get revenge for whatever, or, like, find a bank robber. And then someone's like, help me move these barrels. (laughs) And it just doesn't feel like the same thing. But in this, like, your whole thing is protect Japan from the Mongols by, like, saving your uncle or whatever. But, like, if that means stopping to, like, help a poisoned well or, like, get a family to their farm or like liberate a sake brewery like that all feels like part of the same story like you're still just building that same legend and i think like framing your character advancement as like your legend growing makes a lot Mm -hmm. of the open world stuff feel a lot more part of the just part of the story it's like i want to be legendary like i want to be just like oh this man has been sweeping across the towns and he's unstoppable force Uh, i mean there's even something to like you do moves that terrify people and they fall backwards like there's this like idea of you just like sweeping across the land with retribution that that like you're right lux not only works like on like a storytelling like emotional attachment level but also on like a like a stats like a real structural character build level uh that's why it's like bam 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 i love it and there's just nothing in this game that's even close to that thing that i complain about from skyrim all the time when the dragon invades and the girl comes up to you and goes can you help me find my doll um (laughs) which is like my least favorite thing that's ever happened to me in a video game yeah Um, Mm -hmm. everything there's nothing like that 
Everything mm-hmm. in uh, in Tsushima feels, and I think this is why it's getting compared to games like uh, like the The Witcher Three and a little bit to Red Dead Two, is it, it feels like all the side stuff doesn't really take away from uh, the the main story, which is like the the real meat. And it's kind of why it's like it can be overwhelming at times because you're just like so into the world, um, and then. You uh, you come back to the story and it doesn't feel any less um, pressing than the, the other stuff around you, because it's like, you know, the, the Mongols are there. They're they're doing their Mongol thing to everybody at the same time. And it's up to you to, like, step up and do something about it. So everything kind of feels equally important. It's not like there's an oblivion gate opening next to you. And then you have some like guy who wants you to find the key that his wife lost or something like that. You know? Yeah, exactly. And it's like good yeah. TV show pacing. You yeah, know what I mean? it, it, I, I, this is where actually where I will push back. I, I think it like comparing it to The Witcher with in terms of stories a little too far. Like there, there's like actual characters that I remember from like side quests in The Witcher, whereas uh, all the stuff that you're doing in here, you, you definitely feel like it's useful to just the larger narrative of you helping the land. But I don't know if I truly remember like distinctive characters within that and their stories or their dialogue being that interesting. And I do think that is the one part where like the self seriousness of the narrative uh, leads to kind of bland characterization of like the tiny characters. Um, and I think that's something they could get better at in the future. Um, the, the main stuff is still cool. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. Cause I think I was talking to various people about the difference between this game and the Witcher. Um, and the big one to me is that the Witcher is like a pretty metacritical game about video games in general. Like it's kind of making fun of the kind of game that it is a lot of the time. Like it's a game about how you're the one super strong guy, but like you're not actually super strong enough to like stop stuff from happening. Like a bu- like people get genocided no matter what choices you make in that game. Um, and it's sort of like critical of that. And this game is the opposite where it's like you're one guy and you can do saving everyone all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And because that like little metacritical like winkiness of the Witcher, like let's say make like funnier, goofier side characters you run into and like guys like a little more weird stuff going on. So it mm-hmm. makes the little the small characters a little bit more memorable. Whereas in this game, everyone you meet is sort of like, I'm a farmer. My family, they got mongled. I <laughs> want to get somewhere safe. Please help. And then you're like, you got it, bud. Um, mm-hmm. There's not quite the same like jokes about like bad nights or like, you know, uh, hopeless, whatever. It's just like a pretty straightforward thing. Yeah, the, which uh, is like not bad. It's just very different. The it's just not the yeah. pinch of like a Shrek that exists inside of The Witcher Three is like a key ingredient <laughs> where it's like yeah. kind of kind yes. of taking a piss. It's missing Shrek. You're right. Yeah. Need, needs huh. more Shrek. That's really well said. Donkey. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good. That's a very good point. Like it really is missing. Donkey is missing that, like, son. Little, I mean, some of the guys you hang out with a lot, like, get fleshed out, like Senja Ishikawa or, like, Lady Masako. Yeah. We, we say this, but then the credits roll and goes to Tsushima and Smash Mouth starts playing a concert. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I would. God, five out of five stars instantly for, for this game. Speaking, speaking of five out of five stars, one of the things that was really interesting to me about this game is that, like, the reviews are all, like, uh, on paper, like, score-wise, pretty pretty positive. But if you got into any of the reviews, there was just, like, wildly different things that were said about the game. Some people thought it was, like, too open world, like, too Ubisoft. Some people thought that it was, like, too, like, uh, a streamlined and that the narrative was, like, much more of, like, a linear thing and they wanted more. And then, like, people were talking about the comic combat like this like the stealth sucked which was like something that i read and i was like oh shit like i was really into like playing it's like ghost of tsushima it's about to be like ninja time right and some people said that like the the combat was too like uh like like dynasty warriors and like i there was just all over the place and i dove into the game and it took me about like two hours to like kind of really get what the sort of gameplay loop was and once i like hooked into it i was like oh this is really cool because there's nothing quite like it yet and i can see how people were having like issues with it to begin with but if you like 
dive deep enough into it, particularly if you play on hard, which I think is the, the way you got to play this game. It's, I, that's what we talked about. Yes. The difficulty um, dif- difference is, I think, huge to your experience of this game. I, I, I know some people were talking about not getting into the combat, but the comments that I were seeing were from people feeling like they thought the combat was just ultimately boring and just kind of saying no way. And 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 my thing was like, oh damn. Then I'd ask them, well, what what difficulty are you playing on? They're like, well, I'm playing on normal. And I'm like, huge mistake. This is one of those games where the mechanics fully come to light in hard mode. And it's and the stances are such a great little system because they're incredibly simple, but then it just becomes about knowing that you have these stances and just managing crowds of enemies with with these stances. I mean, um, dude, there is and it's nothing so much fun. Nothing as satisfying as this game, like in terms of like third po- person combat, since maybe the first like Arkham game, which was like that was like a revolutionary new kind of system. And I think a lot of people are going to be taking cues from Ghost of Tsushima for how to do like single combat because it's like, you know, you jump into a bunch of guys, you uh, are managing your stances uh, while you're parrying and uh, depending on how much you have unlocked on your dude, there are all sorts of different options that you have, like shit's going south. So maybe you duck into the bushes and then people are looking for you again and then you gank somebody from the bushes and then the fight breaks. There's this whole sort of like organic loop that the combat has that's super addicting. It's like it's I mean, it's all the game is basically, but it's so good that um, it, it's like worth it for the long haul. Yeah, there's yeah. it's just like there's this really delicate dance. Like it's it's combat puzzles, but every combat puzzle has a million solutions and the solutions are all like internally super varied. Like sometimes it's like, oh, there's six guys. I'm going to throw a bomb and then I'm going to kunai three of them and do like a crazy combo. And then when their friends come out, I'll be shooting arrows. Once they close on me, I'm switching to my anti spirit. Like you just string together all these different maneuvers, like put together like these really cool sequences. And they don't feel samey because like even a slight variance in the kind of bad guys you're fighting means you oh, have to yeah. shift your strategy kind of substantially and they get hard yeah that's they, oh they do yeah i mean you're, yeah, i think i i am uh just at the beginning of act two and uh, like without spoiling anything it's like i was like oh shit i think i maxed out my dude like too early because i was doing all the side stuff um like uh the I've read about ability creep in all the reviews. Did I like fuck up? Is this going to be boring? And then you get to act two and the dudes that you fight change. And I was like, oh, OK, not a, not a worry. <laughs> OK, it's, it's I, was worried, I was worried this is like the Dragon Age Inquisition problem where the starting area is so big that you get stuck in there and then you realize it's only like a tiny part of the game. Yeah, it's it's maybe a little bit of that. Not not played enough of like act yeah. two to really know that. I think that might be a mm-hmm. thing. But as far as like enjoyment of the core gameplay, uh, they just they, they they lift the slider on the enemy side. Uh, a little bit, which is like kind of cool how they manage that. It's funny you say that because I'm at the end of Act One, and the reason I decided to do it was because I saw your post uh, in a Facebook group that we're all in about how you were worried you might have maxed your guy out too fast. Yeah, and so I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll stop specking my guy up. I'll go for it. Um, and now, I like earlier today, and then right now, if I saw you post the response, and I'll say this now that like. Oh, actually, it gets really hard in Act Two. Um, so now I'm like, oh fuck, I've walked right into a fucking trap, huh? Like, um, I was like, oh, I'll just hot shot this so I don't like over level myself. And now I'm like, oh no, I'm about to walk straight into hell. But yeah, one Ale- cool thing- Alex does a new post. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> um, one, but one cool thing about this game um, is that there's these skills you can unlock where you can like have the wind guide you to different shrines that like give you bonuses. And so there's like a built in like not grind skipping but sort of like way to quickly charge your guy up and like yeah. boost yourself up if a thing's too hard where you're like oh man i keep dying well if i go follow the wind to this like health shrine and this resolve shrine i'll come back like 30 percent stronger and can just go for it and i don't have to like grind levels or look for random objects i just like follow the wind around and that's Did you know that if helpful. you do that if you if you touch the touchpad it moves the wind yeah yeah dude I didn't know that for a couple hours. And when I did it, it was incredible. You just like you can just stroke it and just like the wind just rushes past you. It's like such a inventive way to like be focused on like the world. Do you you know about all the the touchpad stroke controls, Griff? Uh, Is there more than that? Have I not been touching my controller correctly? If you stroke to the right, (laughs) uh, you sheathe your sword. 
So you can oh. so you can like heavenly strike your way through like a bunch of dudes and then just like chill in your like pose for a second and then just full on like Kurosawa stroke to the right and you like like wick the blood off of your blade. And then like sick, and then it's cool because like they've got like little like uh, like blood decals that like map to the ground. So it's like that last little splash of blood gets splashed onto the ground and you sheathe your sword. And if you go to the left, check this out, because this is like a have you found any of the singing, singing crickets at like the graveyards? You have you no. have a, 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 a magical flute that uh, from the beginning of the game, I think you only have one song, but you get more songs for it and it changes the weather. So. It, yeah if you want to yeah. go full ocarina with it you can do that and then just like stroking downwards you can do like a like a bow which is like the red red Damn. dead like howdy ma'am uh which you can do in, <laughs> okay. in the villages i have a lot yeah. of mechanics to still learn in this game well, alex since you seem pretty keyed into everything have you figured out how like the crazy animated shot composition thing works no i've like been accidentally into that photo mode so many times and i've like like uh i've definitely thrown up a couple like cool wallpaper worthy moments but like i was wrestling with it for a little while and i was like i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing with it i think it's supposed to be like you uh you like take a shot and then you play the game a little bit and then you take another shot and then you play the game a little bit and then you take another shot. And so that you get this like cool, like animated tableau of like you messing up fools. But I haven't been able to to get it to work for me. I know what you're talking about. I, yeah. lo- I love the bamboo strikes. Yeah, yeah I, oh, it drives me crazy because <laughs> I'm bad at them, though. <laughs> yeah. But it's the coolest. It drives me nuts though with the with the camera thing because like a lot of my time is spent trying to like create images and stuff, doing like video direction stuff like that. Um, and when I saw that setting and all the different things you could do, I my, my like heart skipped a beat, and I was like, finally, like a machinima maker for samurai in this video game that looks incredible. Yeah, my in dream the game. come true. It's pretty crazy. And all it's done is drive me off the fucking deep end with rage at how I don't understand it and can't use it. Um, I like uh. Griffin, you're talking about the bamboo strikes. Uh, Lux likes the photo mode. I think my f- my favorite uh, feature in this game so far, and I'm like pleased to say that there are some like like uh, unique sort of instances of this that you find in the world, like uh, like Ubisoft style, just like occurrences of this, like the same way you come across a shrine or a bamboo strike or whatever, are uh, the duels, which are like. Yeah. They're they're in like certain story moments of the game. Um, some of the legendary like items you have to get in the game. You have to uh, inevitably duel somebody, and it's no different than the regular like combat mechanics. You still have to like switch stances if you want to. Um, but there's like one stance that's like the most effective against swordsmen, and that's usually who what you're going to be using against other people. And it's like like you get to the nitty gritty, particularly on hard, of like how uh the the sword fighting in this game works like on a one-to-one level and it's like it's still fucking deep and it's still fun and like really getting into it with like somebody who's got a lot of like a red like unblockable attacks and like having to dodge and parry stuff perfectly when you like actually like pull all that off and like sequence and like really mess somebody up it is the most satisfying thing that i've experienced in a video game in a long time it's really cool. Mm-hmm. I also love this is the situation I'm in this game or I just finished with is when sometimes they don't flag that a duel is coming because it would like reveal a big story beat. Uh-huh, and so uh-huh, and you're you'll, walk in, health. <laughs> you'll walk into you'll walk into a duel with like one result. <laughs> and then it's like and then you have to spend the first like half of the duel like blocking and building your resolve up to do other stuff and like parrying and dodging and playing super defensive and like being able to strike that balance of like. Oh, okay, right now I'm playing to charge myself up and then I'm going to go on the offensive in a little bit is like, that's so good and so fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so intense. For sure. Uh, that, that shit's all great. I fucking, I, I do a standoff at every encounter oh, just because yeah. I, I, I don't, because the game has literally gaslit me into not using stealth. <gasps> oh my like, God, I don't yes. understand why they did this, but basically every time that you go on stealth, sometimes the narrative mission literally forces you to stealth. 
all of the characters shame you for doing that. And they tell you it's dishonorable to stealth kill people and that you're not a fucking man. And it's like, Jesus Christ, you're te- like, I mean, one thing if, if, if the game gave you a choice on how to approach every situation and then judge you for doing stealth. But this game is like Call of Duty in the most recent campaign and that they force you to do a choice and then like are like, yo, what the fuck, bro? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. As, as you get later, more people push back on that idea. But. It is very frustrating, especially there are points. I don't know if you've gotten there, Griffin, but there's points like you have to do stealth missions and it cuts to your uncle in like the prison. Yes, yo, dude. And the like, Mongol guy. He's like, how? And I can sense my nephew is being a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, the Mongol guy is like, your nephew's been assassinating my dude. The uncle's like, no, it would be dishonorable. And it's like, game, you're making me do this. Like, I didn't have, no, I didn't I have didn't to raise shame. No bitch. I'm so I didn't glad. have to shame Lord Shimura, but like. I'm so glad I'm not the only person experiencing this. Like I, I, I was like uh, talking to talking to my wife about it. She's like, "What? Why are you like just charging into those dudes? I thought you like to do like the sneaky stuff." I was like, "Yeah, but my my uncle yelled at me real bad." Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like really interesting how the game meets out its story in a way that uh, makes you feel genuinely like a certain way uh, just through character, like just through like these dudes that are introduced, you know, your uncle and the uh, Kutan Khan, like the invading Mongol Lord uh, have some like uh, moments together that are like sort of separate from your, your story. And it's just a really cool way to like check you on what you're doing. And it makes you legitimately feel bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you've brought dishonor um yeah so that that is a weird mechanic um yeah but the but the groundwork here is is fucking dope and and i and i and i cannot wait to like sink more into it and 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 really feel like oh like is this game have too many side things was it the right balance it's a few things still to sort out um the only other negative i have so far is that like for whatever fucking reason i can't lock on to characters when i fight them uh i think that it i don't think i don't think there is a lock on mechanic I think, and it's no, there isn't. I'm complaining. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that's <laughs> that's that's. Uh, I mean, I I did find it frustrating at first, but I feel like there there's a a way of fighting that when you're on the beach in the beginning it gets kind of glossed over that is kind of like Archimy where it like it'll when you kill a dude it automatically like kind of locks on sort of to to the the closest dude to you and there's yeah. like a little bit of like invulnerability in your first strike after that and there's like a way that you can kind of like chain that together that I can't really describe super well. No, no, I know what you're saying. I do that. I do it all the time. Yeah. You, you bounce off that first kill and you try to hit the second but guy. What you're talking about is super frustrating in duels specifically. It's like, cause you can't lock mm-hmm. on to people. It's really annoying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's still, still such a fucking great game. And it's so, it's so it's the highest selling like game for PlayStation. Yeah. Closing out an yeah, era. And it was like, it was like the first American game to get perfect scores from like a bunch of Japanese magazines like maybe ever or in a very long time like it's it's pretty it's got a pretty impressive pedigree I I really was surprised at how much uh, I I liked this game to be honest I I wasn't fully on I think the hype train that that a lot of people were were on for it I was aware of it I was aware that people were excited about it It looked cool it's definitely up my alley but uh, I was not expecting it to be um, such a smash, like solid, hundred yeah. percent success. It, huge surprise for, for huge surprise on my end. I I was expecting it to be like mediocre. Same. I was getting the vibes of like, ah, uh, this game is just gonna be fine or whatever. Like, I don't know why there's any reason to be excited about this. But then like, it's just like pure simplicity was like clear from the start and like after that first two hours of like epic shit goes down like. You you get on your horse and you ride through that first oh, field yeah. and the title the title tears drops in my eyes, and the music surges. Just, I like cheer. <laughs> yeah. Like it was so fucking awesome. And I was like, damn, yeah, like ga- like games can just do this yeah. too. Like there can be games that are challenging in different ways and like make you think about stuff. But fuck, man, there's something undeniable about that moment. Yeah, I mean that that's the sort of stuff that is uh like more mm. interesting than movies because you're so plugged into it mm. you know mm-hmm. yeah well the thing about this game that really uh like gets me fucking hype is just that like it's it's so much sort of like there's such a everything's cool you know what i mean like it's like it's fun to follow the foxes around or it's like cool to go make a haiku 
like everything feels interesting and momentous. And like earlier I mentioned, it has like good TV show pacing. What I meant by that is just that like it feels like everything you're doing is leading to the next thing, even if there's like a long gap. And so it doesn't feel like derailed at all. And you just feel like on a mission the whole time. And it's so uh, I don't like compared to fucking The Last of Us 2, which I also liked. The Last of Us 2 felt very like on rails, but also kind of like slow to me at points. Yeah. And this was hopping timelines around and stuff. It didn't feel like forward progression all the time. Yeah. And this just feels like a fucking bullet train. Um, Mm -hmm. And even when you go slow in this game, it feels like you're going fast because like even when you're just like looking for side stuff, you end up having like climb mountains and like do crazy stunts and like fight mongols you didn't realize were like hiding in some weird temple it's it's peak video game it's it's that's what i would describe it as it's 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 all of our hopes and dreams you know built into something incredibly simple and pure and not without fault but ultimately i describe this as a video game yeah Yeah, 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 it's a big v big g video game <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll, we'll. I'm excited to talk more about it once uh, we both beat it, probably in a week or two. Uh, I fucking hope so. I hope we have the fucking time. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's. Um, well, Alex, you've been fucking a dope guest as always. Hey. Um, it's a pleasure. Uh, I guess we're wrapping up now. So, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, anything you want to quarantine plug? Uh, I don't have any quarantine plugs right now. Uh, I'm, I'm reading a lot of books. I uh, you you dropped. Um, uh, 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 name dropped Ready Player One, and I just reread one of my my favorite sci-fi things of all time, uh, Snow Crash, which is like the good version yes. of Ready Player One, and um, it's sort of like a piss take on Neuromancer, but it's also like legit, really cool. And I was rereading it, written in 1992. If you guys go back and reread it right now, it's crazy how much of our real actual lives it predicted. Um, I mean, some of it's like a little bit heightened, a little bit like a RoboCop world, but like it, it like to the dimensions uh, uh, and resolution and refresh rate of VR goggles that are available on the consumer market right now. It like, it like nails it in the first two chapters. I was like floored. So if you're, if you're yeah, a I mean, sci-fi geek, I definitely recommend uh, visiting or revisiting snow crash. Yeah. We're not far away from gated communities just being corporate city States. That I know. Are rollerbladed around by pizza delivery people. <laughs> um, that book fucking rules. It does. Uh, there's supposed to be the series coming out. Yeah. In Joe Cornish. Yeah. Not too long. HBO max. Oh, man. Imagine, imagine a, samurai on rollerblades defending a, a gated community I mean, that's my new job you like barely have to if you just read the book yeah it's cool <laughs> it's really cool oh. um yeah hey watch watch twitch.tv slash uh choom room uh mondays through fridays 9 a.m pacific we got lux on some of the days talking about talking about just everything else that isn't video games you know vibing out games. And also video games as well. Uh, we have we have some some uh, epic new fans on the stream. Some people from Australia. Shout out what? to Australia. Hey, um, Vegemite. Yeah, they they watch it at night when 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 it's like nine a.m. my time. That's just some some simple math right there for you guys. Um, but yeah, Twitch.tv/slash/chumroom. Give us a follow. Come come chat. Come hang out with us in a in a more visual format. Um, yeah, and on my end, big pulp TLR stuff coming soon. Uh, not yet, but more i'm doing another one of those rooster teeth videos so check out the vin diesel video i did for funhouse and there's another one coming this month that's going to be also sweet um so check that out because the more people watch it the more they'll pay me to make these videos all right guys peace out and remember check out Haley on instagram and youtube at eat every sound for some cool food-based asmr and support our very dope editor and producer yes shouts out to her uh i guess you know i've already said bye to the audience so i'll say bye to Haley. Bye, Haley. (laughs) Bye, everyone.